We're back after a long hiatus. <laughs> Episode 11, the Whole Milk League podcast. It's uh, your host, Ryan, and joined always by AJ. What's poppin' people? Is AJ back again with another podcast. Just us two tonight. Yeah, no guests for the first time in a while. Um, we're going to cover a couple movies we saw recently and get into some NBA talk. Try to keep us busy during the NFL offseason. We might dive into it a little bit. Yeah. Some wheeling and dealing going on so far. But uh, we're fresh off of seeing Cold Pursuit tonight. So we're actually going to start uh, there. And we haven't we haven't talked about it yet. So we got some fresh takes going. Uh, AJ, what did you think of Cold Pursuit? Yeah, we literally just saw it. So still kind of marinating, formulating the thoughts. But um, I didn't really take to it. Uh, I thought the, the movie is kind of trying to take this. Liam Neeson is this... Um, character that we know from the Taken movies and everything like that and give it a little spin but it also uses that as kind of shorthand to like understand his motivations and why he's such a badass and everything like that whereas I feel like the movie just didn't really cohere as a unit um, it's kind of trying to be like Doctor Strangelove or Fargo with these like really dark comedic bits but for me almost all of them fell flat it just kind of felt like oh, we have this like horrific scene, let's throw like a juvenile joke in. It didn't really land for me. There's one hilarious joke that I don't know if we <laughs> want to spoil or not, but it's, it kind of isn't, it's not really because of the movie. It's because of me. It's just, it's just funny that I was sitting there next to Ryan when it happened. I don't think anybody else is going to see this movie. And, um, yeah. the, the joke in reference is this henchman asks the, the bad guy's little kid uh, for help with his, fam- his fantasy team. And the little kid goes, you have four Cleveland Browns on your team. I can't help you. <laughs> and I threw, I threw my hands up and uh, the henchman said something along the lines of, I, I got to have loyalty. So I respected him for that. He, he survives the movie. So that was... Yeah, I, I think he may have been a Browns fan, but I couldn't hear because I was laughing so hard <laughs> after the joke happened. Yeah, he's so. a Browns fan. That's why he's got them all. Yeah, I think so. Um, but uh, the, you could tell they filmed right before the season because... Um, and actually, it's kind of funny. They later he's cheering because he has a Jets player score to beat the Browns. And as we all know, the Browns beat the Jets, leading uh, straight into the Baker dynasty. Um, Your thoughts on the movie? I liked it. Um, definitely got the the Fargo vibes from it. Um, it was a little weird. It seems like there was a lot of. I think a lot must have been cut. I think, like for mm-hmm. example, the Elway Manning joke. I feel like. That was supposed to have another payoff. Almost seemed yeah, like a Anton Churga, whatever how you pronounce it. Anton Churga, yeah. Yeah, that almost seemed like something he was going to use to judge people or something. I don't know. That yeah. never. Um, but there, there are, it, yeah, it just it, that that whole thing makes no sense because, in theory, he said the right answer, but he still died. I don't know. There's just still moments like when he's that first guy he's choking out, or he has, he has to re-choke him out. And there's a couple scenes I laughed at that were. Uh, Pretty dark, pretty funny. Uh, it was weird. I think we saw it with two uh, people from another country in the theater. That was it. So they didn't really laugh mm-hmm. at all. So then it was kind of awkward when I laughed. It felt <laughs> like like it wasn't like a theater that was ready for the movie. Yeah. Um, the Indian joke made me laugh. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't. I mean, there's a lot of gratuitous violence. Uh, some of it's played off for laughs, and some of it's. They tried to give it like some emotional weight, and it didn't really land for me. Um, 
It's just it's it's kind of a bizarre movie. That's the movie's called Cold Pursuit. Uh, there's not a whole lot of pursuit. In no, the movie. not a lot of pursuit. People just kind of appear and die. Liam Neeson only kills three people, and he kills them pretty quickly at the start of the movie. And then he disappears for like half the movie. Yeah, so like he's just not in it. Like whose movie is this? It was. I didn't dislike it. It was a, I saw it for free, tech, sort of. So sure. Yeah. Whatever. It wasn't horrible. There's some. I mean, it it, it was worth the price of. <laughs> Free admission. <laughs> to hear the joke, but yeah, not a not a movie that I'll be talking about at the end of the year. But it is on the list right now. I guess as my number two movie of the year. I think because I two out of two. I think Aquaman was December, right? Yeah, Aquaman's last year. So yeah, no, Cold Pursuit falls into the number two spot, right behind our second movie that we're discussing tonight. It's my. Um, hang on one sec. Oh, shit, it's my seven out of eight. <laughs> so it's my number one right now out of two uh, it's uh, Lego Movie 2 uh, oh Lego Movie 2 is higher that's my number two out of eight. Oh, sorry Cold Pursuit is my seven out of eight. Oh, gotcha gotcha yeah no that was me attempting to segue <laughs> no uh, that's, that's okay so, I just want to say I like this movie uh, what does what's Cold Pursuit beating out uh, Fire Fraud the Hulu fire documentary oh okay okay um, did you see the Netflix one yeah Where, what's that one at five Okay. Um, yeah, so, no. Uh, actually, Lego Movie 2. Um, number one movie. Uh, my thoughts were not as good as Lego Movie 1 or Lego Batman. Uh, but still a number of scenes I laughed at loud. I think all the Lego movies benefit from rewatching because they tell a lot of jokes really fast. And there's a lot of background mm-hmm. stuff going on. Um, this one's a little slower in that regard. Not as many quick-hitting jokes. Uh, yeah, I think the middle kind of bogs down. Not bog. Yeah, middle slows down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um the start was great. I think the first like ten minutes, probably, I was laughing a lot. That's good. Um, when they have they have every movie character ever in Lego form. Uh, all there's Gandalf and there's DC superheroes and there's no Marvel superheroes because they no one can find them because <laughs> Marvel refuses to cooperate. Um, yeah, he, <laughs> there's a dream of Gandalf falling like Balrog style. Um, what else was in there? I. <laughs> There's a Chris Pratt meets a really cool version, uh, a really cool dude that basically has Chris Pratt's real life backstory where this guy's been Indi- he's been an adventurer because he was supposed to be Indiana Jones. He's been a dinosaur tamer or something, <laughs> and he has all these raptors named except for the blue one because blue is the name of his favorite raptor, Jurassic Park, and he just calls the blue one the other one the whole movie. <laughs> Yeah, the dude has a spaceship full of raptors running everything. <laughs> and, 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 like, it's not just him. Everyone calls him the other one. Yeah. Emmett had like, has something like, oh, hey, other one. It's funny. What did you think of the movie? Yeah, I thought it was good. Uh, well, so the one thing I want to go off on a tangent on is the first Lego movie. So that came out in 2014. Pretty good year for movies. I haven't seen a ton. I definitely haven't seen all that I wanted to. But like, would that movie make like a top 10 of that year for you? Uh, I, mean, well, I mean, I'm not saying that you have to rank it, but I'm just saying, do you like it that much that you, it would be in consideration for you for that? Yeah, uh, probably, but pulling up, I've got the list up real quick. Ah, mm. oh, man, there's a lot of good movies that year, though. Yeah, 2014 <laughs> is one of the best years of the decade for movies. I think 2013 is still my favorite, but 2014 is up there. Um, it would not be in my top ten. I, I I like the movie quite a bit, but it doesn't hit that next tier of greatness for me. I mean, so. here's the movie. Just pulling it up: Gone Girl, Edge of Tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Have you seen that yet? No, I okay. saw my rent. 
Lego Movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, 22 Jump Street, Winter Soldier, Nightcrawler, uh, Neighbors, Birdman, Interstellar, I haven't seen Boyhood, uh, Dawn of the Boyhood's Planet of the great. Apes, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel, so. Good. Yeah, you gotta you got see, I don't know if that list has it, but you gotta see Under the Skin. I'll be talking about that. Is that the Scarlett Johansson one? It's on Netflix. I'll be talking about that on my best. I, I read about that one. That one, I don't know. It sounded creepy. I, 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 I just watched it a week ago. It's it's amazing. I love that movie. Uh, but yeah, so I don't want to get too far off on a tangent. Lego Movie 2 is a good movie. I just wanted to set that up as I didn't have super high expectations going in for it. Um, I know there are a lot of critics that I respect that had the Lego Movie as their number one movie of 2014. So I think that their expectations were a little bit higher where I was I was just looking to go in to have a good time, and I did. Um, there is a one scene that I think I may be talking about at the end of the year. It's possibly my favorite line read, and f- forgive me because I don't know who gives it because obviously it's this animated movie, but it's this little star that gets stuck in a door and <laughs> starts giving this weepy monologue, and it just says, it's getting so cold. <laughs> I can't say it. Right, but I just, I was just dying, and like, I also had like a little tear trickle down my face. Every time the saying. stars and the hearts showed up, I was laughing. Like, yeah, that's funny. They have these, they're basically bombs, essentially, <laughs> but they're the cute little stars and hearts, and... um they have these sweet little voices, but they're actually really menacing, and it's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's pretty great. Um, Queen, uh, whatever, Wanabi. I liked her a lot because oh, yeah. she. I, 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 someone told me this. I didn't. Really, I wasn't really paying attention to it during the movie, but apparently, she never keeps the same exact form twice in the movie. It's always constantly something different, which I thought was interesting. Which is something I really liked about the first movie. Is the animation here is pretty impeccable. Lord and Miller, the team that they created for this, they always do a great job. And most of the, you know, the voice cast is pretty good. But yeah, it was, it was just a fun movie. I mean, I've, I kind of forgot about it right after the movie ended, except for that one song that they sing that's going to get stuck in your <laughs> This song's going to get stuck inside you. This song's going to get stuck inside you. This song's going to get stuck inside your head. head. <laughs> I was singing that the same I for days. For, she was so I, pissed. <laughs> I, for, I forgot it enough the next day, and now I remembered it, and now I'll never forget it. It's again. great. Even the credits it's, it's music really is fun. really... All, oh, the credits music is great. The Lonely Island. Yeah. It's so meta. It's great. <laughs> I, I, I wish that would be like an part, actual part of the movie, but yeah. Um, yeah, no, it was a funny movie. Um, I think I didn't like the real world stuff um, with the yeah, kids, and it, uh, it's it's more, it's like a better reveal in the first movie. But the part mm-hmm. that I did like about it is the daughter is played by Brooklyn Prince, who was I don't know if she would have been my favorite actress, but in my top five of 2017 for the Florida Project, which is my number one movie of that year. So I was kind of intrigued to see when I would see her again on screen. I didn't think it was going to be the Lego movie too, but it was. <laughs> so we're going to segue over to the NBA. Uh, we're a little past, a little way past mid season. They had the all-star break a couple weeks ago and uh, standings are not quite what people thought they were going to be at the start of the year. Uh, certainly not me, but 20 bucks in the Cavs winning 30 games. Um, and certainly not AJ, where he's got his Pacers still in third place in the East right now after losing their best player. Mm-hmm. Uh, so AJ, what stood out to you so far this the first half of the season? Um, I think the Bucks domination kind of stood out to everyone. Uh, they we knew that they were going to be a formidable team. It was kind of the the Bucks, Toronto, Indy if they could stay healthy, the Sixers, and Boston, the pe- the teams that can compose the top five. Everyone kind of was 
like, okay, these are the five best teams in the East. It's just a matter of where they fall based on injuries and who's playing well and stuff like that. Um, I know Giannis has had an incredible season, but like, I'm I'm doing like a little fancy basketball league at my work, and I don't pay attention to it too much. But I have Chris Middleton on my team, who I think is our second best player, and he's been like not that great for like a lot of the games <laughs> that I've played him in. So I'd assume if they were doing this well, that they they be getting a lot of production out of people like that. But they must be going real deep in the bench. Um, I know they've got good production out of Malcolm Brogdon and other players, so that's been good. Um, we everyone kind of seemed to be. Uh, on an ambiguous note on what they thought Kawhi was going to look like coming back. I was always pretty optimistic with the time they just took off, and he's been a beast this year. He's carried Toronto pretty much. Um, I can't believe the Pacers are still on the streak that they're on with Oladipo going out. I kind of stopped having enough, having as much interest in it when Oladipo went down, but they've kind of rallied around that and got even better, I guess. I don't know. I don't it, – it's one of those things where they're not better because they don't have Oladipo. They just happen to be winning some games. Um, Boston and Philly are a little bit on the downswing, but they'll be dangerous when they get to the playoffs. So as long as they get in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. The rest of the East is garbage, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, what do you think about it in the West? Uh, in the West, I mean, I think it's not a surprise per se, but just seeing Boogie come back and just be in dominator mode is just disappointing. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's fun to have around, and but it's just like. It's absurd that the Warriors have him as their fifth man. It is. Um, you hate to see it. And so the cat, like the cat, I don't have a dog in the race this year, really. Um, I really want out of the West anyone but the Warriors or the Rockets. Could be anyone in the East. Prefer not the Celtics, but it just like seems like a fo- such a foregone conclusion. It's going to be the Warriors again because they have five All Stars starting. Like that's mm-hmm. no one's done that, and yeah. I hate it. Yeah, it's not great. Um, the, uh, the Cavs uh, lost Kevin Love pretty immediately. A lot of people were expecting him to go back to his T-Wolf uh, style of play. He's been back, and he's been playing really well. He had a double-double the other night with like 32 points, um, but losing him for most of the season, it's probably a blessing in disguise at the end of the day if we get a really high lottery pick. Yeah. They're playing well with him back now. I mean, they only have 14 wins, but... They're more competitive. They've picked up a few wins lately because they they were the last team to double-digit wins. Uh, They've passed the Knicks and the Suns, (laughs) so hopefully they don't play too well. Uh, I don't think they're going to get to 30 per my bet, but, you know, oh well. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's not a whole lot of storylines. I mean, we all expected Golden State to be at the top of the West. Um, Houston's fallen, but that's mostly injury-related, I'm assuming. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's just... You, you kind of got to grasp at straws. Uh, with Boston, is Kyrie Irving like one of the worst teammates in the NBA? Yeah, I just, I, I, I just feel like he like I love him as a player. Like I, I don't it's a pleasure I mean, to watch. Yeah, I mean he, he and Steph I think are the two best point guards in the game, talent wise. But I don't know if I was starting a franchise if I'd want to go after Kyrie that early because I feel like he creates a toxic locker room everywhere he goes. Yeah, it's it's funny because I I was. I was pissed when he left, how he did it, and he's already called LeBron and apologized reportedly about that whole scenario, but he screwed the Cavs so bad with the situation he put them in, uh, demanding out, he left, trashed Cleveland, which I took offense to, um, but then he gets to Boston, and now they're already having the same deals of all this locker room discontent, and the team's not getting along and stuff, and 
you know, there's that on top of his, you know, flat earth and all that other shit. I just, yeah, he's so like fake woke and I just, I he's can't bizarre, stand dude. him. Like just, it's yeah. unbelievable, fun. unbelievable player. If I was just playing a pickup game, he'd be one of my top five picks, but if I was starting an NBA franchise, probably not. No. Uh, yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's part of the reason. I also, I'm not really cheering for the Raptors. I don't like Kawhi. I don't like how he handled the Spurs situation. I've, I'm, a, I'm kind of a closet Spurs fan, I think. I but. just like his laugh. <laughs> Indubitably. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I, I think Gian, you know, Giannis is, I'm surprised the Bucks are doing so well given that they got rid of Delhi. I really thought they'd tank after that. Um, but they've held strong. <laughs> Uh, I like the pace. I have nothing against the Pacers. I like the 76ers. I like, I like Embiid. Uh, He's a dog. And then out of the West, I just I hate James Harden. I hate the Warriors. Uh, I'll probably pull Nuggets or Thunder because I like or Trailblazers. I love Dame. He was talking again this oh, week yeah. about team loyalty and stuff and. I like Westbrook because he's he's a dog. He just gets out there and competes every night. Yeah. Slaps little children around like he did last <laughs> night. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of his, and obviously I have the Paul George lingering sting for OKC, so they can fuck off in my book. But Nuggets, yeah. I like uh, the Joker. Oh, yeah, he's okay, fun to watch a, play. He's a dog. He was my fun. first round pick in my fantasy league, and I, I mean, I. I forget to play him a lot because I forget to set my lineup. <laughs> he, he is just constantly putting up triple doubles. He's an animal. I love the Trailblazers too. I, I, I've always said that the backcourt of Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum is one of my probably top three in the NBA. So I'd love to see them do well. Yeah. Um, and then, you know. <laughs> Wait, hang on. <laughs> the, the Trailblazers thing. Did you see what Ben Simmons said to Yusuf Nurkic? On yeah. <laughs> He said some. I think was it. You sure talk a lot for being ass. Yeah, you sure talk a lot of shit for being ass. <laughs> uh, so that was good. the NBA. I love the NBA as far as just it's just the best reality TV you can get. It's so theatrical. It's so petty. Um, there's always something new. Someone said something to someone, or tweeted something, or did something. It's great. It's always provided. It is great. Um, but yeah, I, I don't like Toronto either. They kind of knocked the Pacers out of the playoffs in the time that I started rooting for them pretty much every year. So, And everyone always tried to tell me that Dwayne Casey was a good coach, and I always knew that he was bad. So. <laughs> well, Daddy Cavs took care of Dwayne Casey for you. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> um, speaking of uh, the Raptors getting dad-dicked every year, LeBron went to the Lakers – uh, they're in eleventh this year and looking to miss they're the bad. playoffs, which uh, is hilarious to me. Um, I will never speak ill of LeBron's time in Cleveland. I'm very grateful for it. However, I'm already bitter about him giving the Lakers a four year deal when he refused to give the Cavs a de- yeah. anything more than a one year deal because mm-hmm. it ruined our franchise. We didn't know what to do with our draft picks. We overpaid uh, veterans that came here on one year deals. Um, if you would have given us that four-year commitment, we were in place between Dan Gilbert was willing to pay any amount of money. We had good draft picks, and we just, you know, he was like, hey, sign Tristan for $90 million. Okay, you know, hey, yeah. you know, pay J.R. Smith a shit ton of money. Okay. Yeah. We did it, and he left, and we're screwed right now. Um, yeah, he was going to keep signing one-year deals until they won a chip or, again or something like yeah. that, or he felt like he was okay enough to leave. So for him to – and I don't get it from his or the Lakers' perspective, but they're wasting a prime year of his career. I mean, already a little post-prime. He's That's the first time he's ever been injured like that. Um, and they're re, in a rebuilding year. So kind of a weird move. 
I kind of like seeing them out of the playoff. I'm just petty. Yeah. But. I mean, I, I would actually, I, I think it'd be good for the drama if they could sneak up to the eight seed somehow, if they could catch fire. Kyle Kuzma has been an absolute beast this year. It's just a matter of Lonzo and Ingram and all those other idiots stepping up. So. <laughs> JaVale McGee. I hate Rondo, too. Playoff JaVale McGee, playoff Rondo. Lance Stevenson. Or is he gone? Did he get traded? I think he's gone. They yeah. killed him or whatever. <laughs> Um, and Stevenson can't play anywhere, well anywhere except for Indianapolis. Uh, Mavericks are fun to watch. They're not as good, but Dirk and God, Luka and Porzingis. I can't, I can't wait for Porzingis and Luka next year. That's yeah. going to be so great. Uh, poor Pelicans with AD. He screwed them too. Yeah, he I think that's the thing I don't like about the NBA is how often players hold teams hostage. It's mm. easy to do when you only have five people on a court and yeah. one changes the game. But so often... You know, and we can you know get into the NFL with this too. But you know, for some, you someone signs a contract, um, play the contract. Yeah. Like, you know, you you look at AB now acting like he's a free agent. Yeah, Mister. It's such a yeah, Mister. Um, excuse me, not <laughs> AB. I'm sorry, no disrespect, Mister Big Chest. Um, you're a fucking douchebag, man. Um, yeah, I hate the Steelers. Um, yeah. yeah, but I just I think one of the narratives is always like. Look how stacked the Western Conference is compared to the East. And I'm looking at it right now, and I'm not impressed. Like, yeah. I, I mean, outside of, I mean, Golden State's obviously the odds-on favorite to win the title. Denver's had a great team. OKC, pretty good team. Portland, Houston, if they're at full health, they're good teams. The rest of the teams in this conference are not that good. And I think the five teams in the East, if the Pacers had Oladipo, their best player, I think that they could stand just as tall to the five. Best I would teams say in the West. you probably put the East teams maybe maybe two through six. You know, maybe yeah. the Rockets jump up there a little bit, but yeah, it's a good cluster. It's such a drop off between the Celtics and the Nets. Yeah. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's carried them to some wins. Russ. Uh, shout out Ohio State. Shout out. But, but yeah, I'm I'm kind of I guess if we're going into like predictions for the rest of the NBA season, I don't really know what's gonna. I, I think everyone that's in a good spot to make the playoffs is gonna kind of take the the pedal off the gas. Uh, they're gonna just take it easy, start sitting guys more, just to rest them for the playoffs. I'm really pulling at this point. I mean, obviously it'd be great if the Pacers made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. I don't think that they have the star power to make it without Oladipo. He kind of makes that team run. But um, I hope that the Sixers go up against the Warriors, actually. I think that they're the team right now that's best equipped to beat them if they are at yeah. full strength with Butler and Embiid and Ben Simmons and all those other guys. And if J.J. Reddick's hitting threes and stuff like that. So. Yeah, if you like a Western Conference team, it could be interesting. All the way down to, I think, 11 with the Lakers. Everybody's still got a chance there. Versus the East, eh, I think it's 10 with the... Eh, maybe 11 with the Wizards. I don't really count the Wizards now that John Wall's out. But yeah, exactly. 10 with the Heat. Uh, but the Heat, the Magic, God, the Hornets. They're, they're bad. They're just not good teams. So like Detroit's not even good. Yeah. But I mean, like, I mean, I look at the Western Conference. Like, can I name three players on the Clippers? Probably not. Uh, can I say Blake Griffin? No, because he doesn't play for them. Uh, I, I, Doc I know, Rivers. <laughs> Dallo Gallinari <laughs> plays for him, but like they traded Tobias Harris at the deadline. I don't know what they got back for him. I think maybe they have like Jamal Crawford still. Could he possibly still be playing for that Isn't team? He like forty-five, I maybe. Um, Lou Williams. I don't know. They. Uh, <sighs> Yeah, no, I don't know. I think really the big 
thing this back half of the season will will the Cavaliers finish higher than the Hawks? <laughs> no. Shout out Devin Casey. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> um, but no, I I'll watch come playoff time. I haven't kept up with it this year as much as I have. This um, is the most boring time of the NBA season after the All Star break. The playoff spots aren't locked up yet, but they're for the most part locked up. The actual games that matter aren't aren't happening yet. Yeah. Kind of people are kind of in limbo. So, all right, so we're going to do a little NFL fix. Uh, try to keep that as a consistent part of the show, somewhat. Um, do a little free agent talk. Uh, we just saw Nick Foles is going to be able to pick where he goes for released by the Eagles. Won't tag him. Uh, so AJ, where do you think he ends up at? Um, there's a couple spots Foles could end up at. Uh, people, some someone could probably pay him to be a backup, but I think that he's going to want starter money. So, um, you know, teams that can do that are like the Jaguars probably could do it. Although I think he's probably only like a marginal uh, increase over Blake Bortles. Um, I mean, like the Dolphins could use a QB. Um, I mean, there's not a whole lot of places I could see where he could fit right in, and he's, like, taking that team to the next level. Uh, I guess, like, the Giants would be interesting if they, like, decide to shit can Eli Manning, although I don't think that they're going to. That's the one where, like, I would be like, okay, cool. Like, we don't have an old-ass, sucky, noodle-arm quarterback out there. Odell Beckham can actually run free, and Saquon can get some meaningful targets, and Sterling Shepard will be impactful the next season. That's probably the one where I'd be the most excited because the Jaguars, like the current wide receivers that they have, I'm not super excited for like anyone other than D.D. Westbrook, and I think that he's pretty going to be pretty volatile week to week. So I don't, and I mean, like if he went to Miami, like who cares? Like everyone's <laughs> horrible down there. Like, so I don't, there, there, I don't know that there's a whole lot of places. I think that I, I don't really know what the most likely scenario is. I think that the 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 ideal scenario for him is like he doesn't get signed before the season. And then someone that's really trying to win now, um, I like has a big quarterback injury, and they really want to go for it, and they sign Nick Foles, like, like give him a blank check essentially, and he goes in there and does okay. What what if the uh, Panthers sign him to a one year deal? Like assuming that Cam Newton's not going to play for him, or yeah, or sit like if they Andrew Luck him because of his shoulder being an oh, issue. they just set him and sign Foles. Yeah, that'd be. I don't really think the Panthers are ready to win right now either. I mean, I, th- I think their defense is okay, and I mean their wide receiver core leaves a lot left to be desired. I would assume that's what their first round pick is going to be. I don't know. I haven't looked at their projections yet. I mean, it just de- it, it just depends on how good the wide receiver class is. If the wide yeah. receiver class isn't that good, it's not worth uh, it. It's pretty solid, I think. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Ole Miss has three guys that are one guy's drawn um, Megatron comparisons. Oh boy, he's okay. like six five, like just a beast. Because okay. um, the the Browns have been looking at him apparently too. Yeah, um, I mean, just like the way that that offense is currently set up, like any literally any quarterback can run that offense. It's just Cam Newton makes it better because he can make plays. Yeah, so yeah, I think he ends up at the Jaguars. Uh, DB, I'm sorry, I don't think you're gonna get uh, Dwayne Train, but uh, yeah, I think Jaguars. What if the Bengals got him? New head coach coming in. What if you replace <laughs> Dalton with Foles? I, <laughs> I think they both suck. So I, 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 I think Nick Foles is like the will probably end up going down as like one of the most overhyped quarterbacks of all time, just because he's going to end up having a lot of playoff wins and Not, he has a Super Bowl ring. What about Eli? Well, he, he, I mean, 
I don't know. I think they're both bad. I, 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 I don't really see a lot here. I mean, I, I, I guess he could, could come to the Bengals, but again, I don't know why we would spend a lot of money on a quarterback. We'd be, we'd be better off just getting whoever falls to us. And that brings up a good point is that I think that if Dwayne does fall to the Jags, or even if Dwayne goes higher and they still have a quarterback that they like at their pick, that they'll probably go with him instead of Foles. But maybe if a couple, maybe if like what happens last year and everyone starts scrambling to get to the top of the board to take all these mediocre quarterbacks and uh, the Jags. Excuse me, Baker. No, I mean, I mean, I'm talking about Josh Rose. <laughs> but um, apparently, know, if, Kyler Murray's up to like 205 already. Like he's just throwing weight on himself, trying to. Yeah, why, why not? I mean, people relevant. are talking about it. I mean, and you already mentioned Jamison Crowder because we were talking about players that are smaller than Kyler Murray. Jamison Crowder is 5'9", 177. Oh, that maybe I looked. I I looked up the other day when we were talking uh, Elvis Dumerville for fun. Uh, he's uh, let's see here. Is, is he 5'11", 255? Is that what it is? Uh, 5'11", 250. 250. So what an animal! That's which of our friends are 5'11"? I mean, I'm, I'm just over six foot. You're just over six foot. So Who's probably Mitch. I don't want to be guessing here and offending someone. Mitch. I think Mitch is. So if we just threw like, what, 40 pounds on Mitchell? Yeah. And <laughs> had him sprint at you really fast? Well, like, <laughs> his arms and his legs only. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought that was, he's I, very tiny. I thought that was kind of funny. What a dog. Um, I think the Jets and the Niners, I think AB and uh, Mr. Big Chest and... Uh, Oh, that you corrected yourself. I think Mr. Big Chest, it's Antonio Brown for you McLaughlins who don't listen to football news. Uh, Dude, if he goes to – I think that the Jets are going to sign Le'Veon Bell. I think – I was going to say, I just think they I just each, don't think they have them enough money to sign – I mean, they have a shit ton of cap, but I don't think they are going to sign both of them. I don't think they'll get both, but I think the Niners might get one and the Jets get one. If they did, that would be fucking sweet. But, yeah. I mean, if, if the Niners get A, B, that would be – Dog. Because, I mean, they really have no reason to sign Bell because they have McKinnon coming back off injury and Matt Breda was pretty good for him last year. You imagine you have Bell to take the coverage and Kittle goes for 4,000 yards this year. <laughs> <laughs> you met Brown, right? What? You met Brown take the coverage? Who's taking, who did that say? Bell. Well, maybe. I don't I mean, know. They say he's a pass-catching pass back. So. <laughs> he is a pass-catching back. But, yeah, I mean, George Kittle's going to be a dog regardless with Gronk. Possibly retiring. He probably he's, should. Yeah, he's he's automatically a top five tight end. So no, he's probably number one because he can block. He can block too, can he? Yeah, yeah, you block. So. I think that's one thing that's overlooked about Gronk is what a good blocker he is. He's an every oh, for every sure. down tight no, end. No, no, like, Gronk is a Gronk should be a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's an absolute beast. Yeah. So last part of the show, we're going to keep it a little brief. At least maybe if see pe- people see a shorter run time, they'll listen. I think uh, I think we've had about four viewers the past couple podcasts. Uh, but hopefully more listeners and viewers. But yeah, yes, yeah. Because <laughs> I got a face for radio, anyways. So um, that's what your mom always said. No, my mom tells me tells me I'm very handsome. Oh, yeah. My dad tells me I have a face for radio. Okay, that's okay. Um, but we were we wanted. To, <laughs> no, I, can't. I could not laugh. <laughs> we want to talk about something very important to AJ, and it's the Oscars. So, AJ, take it away. Yeah, it's 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 kind of important to me. I just wanted to run down because it's kind of a culmination point for me. Uh, it's the point in which I can move on to the next film year and kind of leave all the other shit in the past. 
So it's kind of a culmination. So I watched it. And uh, there were some good things, but mostly bad things. Uh, we'll just run down the uh, awards real quick. Remy Malik won for Best uh, Actor in Bohemian Rhapsody, in which he lip-syncs a bunch of Queen songs, and it's mostly pretty bad. Uh, it's a bad movie, and I think it's an okay performance with some weird teeth, uh, so I would not have voted for it. Uh, Mahershala Ali won for Best Supporting Actor for Green Book. Uh, I watched Green Book literally... At the, it finished at my house at 7.59, a minute before the Oscars. So, um, but yeah, I got that one right under the wire. Not a good movie. Um, Mahershala Ali is pretty good in it, but we'll pass over that. Uh, Olivia Coleman won Best Actress for The Favorite, which was one of the, probably the biggest surprise of the night for me. I thought for sure Glenn Close was going to win a um, career award for The Wife, but Olivia Coleman's speech was brilliant, and The Favorite is such an incredible movie. It was my number four movie of the year, and I'm glad I got some recognition in that category. Uh, Regina King won Best Supporting Actress for If Beale Street Could Talk. She was great in the movie. Not one of my favorite supporting female performances, but I'm glad that she won. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse won Best Animated Feature. Yay. Yeah. 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 I, I think that The Incredibles 2 is probably a little bit better of a movie, but um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is a good movie, and I'm glad I got some recognition. Uh, Roma got a decent haul, won uh, Quaron himself, won Cinematography, Best Director, and Best Foreign Film. Um, there were a lot of other foreign films and other, a lot of other movies that I liked that got nominated in all three of those categories. I kind of wish that they would have split it up a little bit, but I'm glad that Roma, a movie that I think is pretty terrific, got some acclaim there. Uh, Black Panther won Best Costume Design, Best Production Design, and Best Original Score. Um, I love all of those uh, nominations and wins. Again, we've already talked about this. I think Black Panther's a great movie, so I'm glad I got some acclaim there. My second favorite part of the night Would was... Would you see uh, Chris Evans, like awkwardly like fist pumping during that oh no so like because he was up on stage announcing uh was it costume design yeah design something like that um so he's up there with the girl she goes to read and the winner is but he sees it before Mm -hmm. so he like kind of like fist pumps like at his side a little bit Mm -hmm. but then like realizes he probably shouldn't do that so he tries to play it off but he was so pumped about it i was like (laughs) all right that's pretty cool yeah they're they're rooting for the other movies like um i can't remember Chadwick Boseman was up there and uh, like a, a movie that he like thought was good won an award and he just goes like, you know. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was pretty cool to see some some good support up there from the other people that were like either not in the movie or support the movie or whatever. Yeah. But um, oh, I, one of the things that I saw on Twitter that was great that I didn't really notice at the time, but it happened to do with Chris Evans and that he was sitting up in the front row. And Regina King was the first person to win an award, and she was getting up there, and she had this super long white dress, and she was kind of tripping over it a little bit as she got went up the uh, stairs. So Chris Evans like got up and helped her up the stairs, kind of like lifted her up a little bit, like a la Captain America a little bit. <laughs> but um, I saw someone caption that uh, Chris Evans wins Oscar for Best Supporting and Actress Award, <laughs> which I thought was pretty long. That's good. But yeah, other, other than, um, the, did you see the Chadwick Boseman look to Michael B. Jordan when Green Book won? No. The, the, there's, there's like a GIF on Twitter, just search it. As soon as they announced Green Book as the Best Picture winner, Chadwick Boseman's sitting in one of the first couple rows, and Michael B. Jordan's sitting right behind him, and he just kind of gives him a look like, like uh, these motherfuckers. They, they can't really, they have really thought they were going to win, though. What? They can't have thought they no, were No, but win. they're just... But Green Book's just like a... If you watch I it, it's, s- it's, a, it's, a, it's a racist movie. I just... From what it's I... It's a s- movie about racism can be okay if you 
learn to like like I mean he's just oh. he just is a racist. Which is weird. Is is Viggo Mortensen, isn't it? Yeah. Wait, I mean he's fine and he's kinda of cool. But what about the Bibita? I usually I like him. I like he's an okay actress. Yeah. Uh, what, good. what I've seen is that pretty much every critic critic had it at like two or three and then however their voting works, that's what came out yeah. on top. I had it at six is where I would have put it. Um out of eight. But yeah, it's it's just I mean it's it's an okay movie. Your your family would love that movie. Um, like my family did when I when we watched it, but it's just not the, the messages are not good. The uh, Viggo Mortensen's character in the movie, his son co-wrote the movie, and it just makes him out to be a good guy. Where like in the first scene, he's throwing glasses away that black people drank out of in his house, and uh, it's just like it's just that it is over, it's a, over the top on it. Yeah, it's it's, it's very it's a very conflicted movie. Uh, speaking of, <laughs> just something reminded me of today. I watched the uh, Michael Cohen hearing for a couple hours, which I don't think anybody's tuning in to, you know, listen to me talk about C-SPAN I don't politics. Know, I don't know what that is. Uh, he was very important in the Trump campaign. Okay. And he was testifying today. But anyways, one of the, uh, he he was testifying about tr- some of the racist things Trump, Trump has done. And a Republican House member brought up a black person from uh, Trump's staff. And said, "This lady works for him and says he's not racist. She wouldn't work for him if he were, if he was racist." And literally, like the next lady to speak was this uh, just it was Democratic Congresswoman woman. I forget where she was from, but she basically her like next thing to say was like, "You literally just like picked up someone and said like I have a black friend like, and this yeah. is in a this is in a congressional hearing that this is going on, and these are the like the things people are resorting to. It was it was a shit show, but yeah. how you were describing Green Book, yeah, I mean that's what that, that's what Green Book is. It's like you're racist your whole life, and then you have one black friend that you're nice to, and it's kind of like he kind of is forced to be nice to him because if he's not nice to him, he doesn't make any money. So it's just it's a very conflicted movie. It's okay. It's relatively heartwarming. It's not a total disaster like Bohemian Rhapsody and Vice, but it's <laughs> mostly a disaster. But um, best documentary went to Free Solo, which is amazing. Um, I saw that in IMAX in the theater uh, a couple weeks ago with my sister, and I've never simultaneously cried and sweat during a movie um, after watching that dude Free Solo climb El Capitan. That was one of the most memorable theater going experiences I've ever had. And my sister, whose favorite film was Eighth Grade, now has Eighth Grade at two. She has Free Solo at one. Um, I love Mind in the Gap also, which was nominated. I was a little bummed that didn't win, but that was fine. Um, all the short films, I didn't really. I don't really watch any of those, so I don't have much to say about that. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody won for film editing, probably the second worst edited movie I saw of the year, other than Vice. So that was good. someone said that yeah, it's not it's not most editing it's best editing yeah that's, that movie is most editing I mean so just I don't want to get too deep into this but when you, if you like take any film class they'll teach you about that 180 degree rule which shows that in one scene you shouldn't cut back across a 180 degree line because it just proves that there's multiple cameras and people are just cutting back and forth all the time so it takes the tension out of the scene like a television show then. and yeah and that literally happens in every scene in that movie it's it's horrific but <laughs> um but yeah so that was that was not great but that happened um uh foreign film i already said that roma won i saw i saw cold war and shoplifters the polish and japanese uh nominee for the 
um, for that category in uh, February. I thought both were very good. They probably would have been both in my, been in my top 20. Shoplifter is probably close in, closing, closing in on my top 10. I, I liked it that much. But didn't see the three-hour film Never Look Away from Germany and didn't see the other one. But um, uh, Makeup and Hairstyling Vice, you know, the award is best makeup, not most makeup, but <laughs> whatever. Um, we already talked about Black Panther for best score. Best original song was Shallow. Great song. We Great still, live performance. Yeah, great live performance. A lot of um, emotional, romantic tension there. Yeah, I, I don't. Rem- I think I mentioned in a podcast that I would have um, put A Star is Born up to six. Um, I also saw Aquaman, and that would have slid into the top ten also. Just shout out Aquaman. That was, that was a great time. Get oh, drunk man. and watch Aquaman. You'll have fun. Oh, man. I can't believe that you disown Tag like that. Yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, game night, no awards. That was disappointing. Wasn't nominated for anything. If, if, <laughs> if there was any sort of like, like the Golden Globes has like that comedy category. So yeah, and Rachel McAdams, she's was a, a good actress. She, she, was, she was in my top five. <laughs> I loved it. it incredible performance. Um, um, it's kind of like a throwback to like a screwball comedy. Yeah, performance from like the four. They're never going to get nominated for those roles though. No, yeah. Well, I mean, people used to, but now nowadays you don't. It's when you cry or. To have snot dripping from your nose or whatever the fuck you need to do. But. <laughs> or if you get attacked by a CGI bear. Yes. <laughs> Shout out Leo. Probably one of my favorite actors. Well, but, <laughs> but not um, that movie though. Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't love The Revenant. He should have won for Wolf of Wall Street. But. Tom Hardy should have won for The Revenant over yeah, Leo. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was good. Um, I was a little sad. I mean, I was part of my heart was rooting for when a cowboy trades his furs for wings, the Battle of Buster Scruggs song, but obviously everyone knew The Shallow was going to win. It's a great song. Um, Green Book won for Best Picture. We already talked about it. Um, just to quickly run it down, my one through eight would be The Favorite, Roma, then Black Klansman, then Black Panther, then A Star is Born, then a big, like a chasm, then Green Book, then a smaller chasm, then Vice, and Bohemian Rhapsody. So... That's how I thought it should have gone. Um, I was sad when Green Book won. I thought the the awards were trending up. Quaron was winning quite a bit. Coleman had just won. And then that had to cap off the night with a bunch of shit. Um, let's see here. Best animated short. Sound editing and sound mixing went to Bohemian Rhapsody, a.k.a. people like Queen songs. We already knew that. <laughs> um, let's see. I liked the sound editing on... Um... What did I say? El Royale. I liked the sound. Yeah, it's good. On that one. I was that. That was the one that they. Had, I don't know why they nominated a Quiet Place for sound editing and not sound mixing, because they yeah. apparently seem to think that they're the same thing. And they're <laughs> very different. But I was kind of hoping that a Quiet Place would win because the the sound design in general in that movie is very good. But Ooh, or Annihilation. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the sound design in that movie is great. In First Man, it's great, which was nominated in both of them, and I kind of wish would win. And A Star Is Born was only nominated for sound mixing, and I thought that they would kind of split it up and give the two musical movie movies one. Yeah, I think that the sound design in general is much better in A Star Is Born. But yeah, I mean, whatever. So um, <laughs> visual effects, they picked First Man, which is a movie that I didn't love. Um, it kind of it's kind of floating somewhere around my thirty in my movie list for last year. But I was so proud that they didn't give it to Solo, A Star Wars Story, Avengers Infinity War, or Ready Player One. I thought that those were kind of shoe-ins. After Suicide Squad won for Best Makeup, I thought that anything was possible. But apparently sometimes things, good things do still happen. Um, original screenplay went to Green Book. Blah. Throw up. 
first reformed, my number one movie of the year was nominated for that category, and the favorites of vastly better screenplay. Um, a best adapted screenplay goes to this my second favorite moment of the night when Spike Lee won his only competitive Oscar that he's ever won. He has a lifetime achievement award, but he's never won a competitive Oscar. And um, his the fact that Samuel L. Jackson uh, announced it. And he went up. I don't know if you ever if you saw the scenes with Spike Lee, but he literally went up and just like jump hugged Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> after he won. Samuel L. Jackson got so hyped when Spike Lee won. It was such a great moment. Um, he was wearing the love and hate, um, uh, what are the, like uh, brass knuckles from Do the Right Thing, which is one of my ten favorite movies of all time. I love Spike Lee, but uh, he mostly talked in his speech about you know the presidential election and how he you know, we should be on the right side of history and stuff like that. But uh, I think he's a terrific filmmaker. Everything he makes is interesting, if, if it's not all great. Um, and every time he makes a movie, I want to see it. I want to go back through his filmography one day. I love him. I'm glad that he won. Great screenplay. Um, other than that, I think that I went through all of the awards. There wasn't much else to talk about. It was uh, The no-host thing actually worked out pretty well. Uh, everything went pretty smoothly. They didn't cut out the cinematography and editing um, Oscars to the commercials like they said they were going to. So it's, they seemed like they, they at least tried to make it streamlined and go as fast as possible. I thought that the Oscars normally went till midnight or after, but it fit, wrapped up around 11.15, so it wasn't that late on a Sunday. But it was a good culmination. Well, I mean, it was an okay culmination on the year. I thought that some great films didn't get recognition but that's just how it goes every year so on to 2019 i'm eight movies deep already and i'm two so i got a best and the worst but uh yeah there's our uh there's our first podcast in a while we'll see if anybody listens to it uh but we'll try to be back in the next week or so and keep it rolling through the off season so yeah we try, we try to make it mercifully short we'll be back and talk about some march madness with mitchell on the next one do a big March Madness extravaganza probably right after the brackets get get released or maybe the day yeah. of I don't know but we'll, we'll we'll figure it out but we're we're trying to formulate some hot takes I still haven't watched that many basketball games so I've seen a couple of last eight games and I saw I was watching when we were watching when Zion blew out his shoe and that's about it yeah I watched the uh, I watched I mean the Gonzaga game was playing uh, when we were at the E on Saturday night yeah that's so, true yeah but uh, AJ any uh, any final thoughts. That's it. I mean, this this part of the show I was going to say for my quick Oscar rant, but we went short enough that I had a full segment on it. So <laughs> it's yeah, good. Some interesting movies we talked about off the top. NBA. There's only so much you can talk about. Nothing going on in the NFL right now. So uh, all I got is a shout out Ryan Guys Penguin Canadian Club. Ryan Guys. If you're listening, please uh, please make this more than just one month a year. Shout out Mad Men Don Draper Whiskey. Love it. That's all we got. Adios, See you. Kids. The podcast you just heard was made using Anchor. Ever thought about making your own podcast? Anchor makes it really easy for anyone to get started. It's a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing podcasts. Best of all, it's 100% free. Sign up now at anchor.fm slash new. That's anchor.fm slash new to get started.